Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I hope I never wear a tie again as long as I live. Because I know for sure Shannon Sharp will never even come close to tying me on Undisputed. Here we go. This is the Skip Bayless Show. On this episode of the podcast, I'll be reading and responding to your questions. If you'd like to have a question featured, remember to tweet at Skip Bayless Show on Twitter or leave your question with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to ask me whatever you want about what goes on behind the scenes at Undisputed, my personal life, or anything in the world of sports. My answers will always be candid, be honest, and be unfiltered. Thanks for listening to The Skip Bayless Show. Enjoy the episode. Nikki from Oceanside, California, just down the freeway from here. What would you consider your big break in your career? Interesting. I'll give you a quick two big breaks. First one happened three days before graduation. I'm at Vanderbilt University, had no business there. Somehow won a full scholarship for sports writing or my mom could have never sent me there, but I managed to make it through. I did okay. My junior summer before senior year, I interned back in Oklahoma City at the paper I grew up living for, dying for, reading wall-to-wall every day, back to front, the Daily Oklahoman. I interned and they let me do everything. I'm sort of picking and choosing my assignments. It was the greatest summer of my life. I'm living with my mom at home. I'm playing golf every morning because I don't have to work until the afternoon or evening. And I'm up late, but I don't need sleep. I'm 21, I'm fine. Sleep when I'm dead. Let's get up early and play golf. And of course, they offered me a job and said, please come back, but we can't pay you very much money. This is all we can pay you. It's $150 a week. I didn't care. I thought, I'm rich. I'll just live with my mom. I don't care. I'll play golf. I'll do whatever I want for the Daily Oklahoman. Phone rings three days before I'm in the dorm room, happen to answer. This is pre-cell phone. Lucky I answered the phone. It's the columnist I grew up reading at the Daily Oklahoman who says, you, you can't come here. I'm just telling you right now, I, I refuse to let you come back here. What? It'll be death for you. You'll get stuck here. It's, it's shameful how little we're paying you. You can do better than this. I, I don't have a job. I'm three days away from graduate. I'll get you a job. Trust me on this. And he got me a job the next day. I'm flying the next afternoon. I'm flying to Miami, Florida, where I'd never been before, to interview with the Miami Herald. 
and they offered me the job on the spot for $190. And then I really thought I was rich. And I closed my eyes and took it. And I look back on that and think, if I'd gone back home, I might never have left home. And then obviously, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Break number two came, 1993. Out of the blue, I get a phone call from an independent producer at ESPN named Joe Valerio, who recently passed away. God rest his soul. I'd done a few sports reporters, if you remember that show on Sunday mornings. Became friends with Dick Schapp, who loved having me on the show, but I'd only done a handful. And Joe said, we're starting a new segment because we're starting a new show called Prime Monday. It's a prelude show on ESPN to Monday Night Football, which then was on ABC. And he said, we want to do kind of what we call a, a Knights of the Roundtable sort of debate. We've never done anything like this, but I want to pair you up with Michael Wilbon of the Washington Post and Mitch Album from Detroit, who'd written a lot of books, wrote for the Free Press in Detroit. And we, we want to do debates and have you on for twice a show for fairly lengthy segments. Okay, changed my life. So I started flying from Dallas to Bristol every Monday morning. I was doing a radio show in Dallas also. Some of it I have to do in the car on the way to the airport to make the flight to Hartford. And there was a young, what they call PA, a producer's assistant named Mark Shapiro, who got a kick out of me in those segments. They were not unscripted. They were very scripted. You could say what your opinion was, but then you, you had to actually script it out where Joe would say, okay, okay, you can, you, you say that, but then Michael, you go next and say that Mitch, you can say that. And then back to you, Skip. So we were sort of scripted, unscripted debate. It, it wasn't that they told you what to say. They just told you how, how little of it you could say and when you could say it. And they worked. And Mark Shapiro would catch me in the hall after the segments and continue the debate with me in the hall. And I thought, who is this kid? Well, this kid fairly quickly ran ESPN. And that kid fairly quickly hired me to do a show called Cold Pizza in 2004 in New York City, which morphed into First Take, which morphed into, for me, Undisputed. And that's why I'm here, right here, right now. Maurice from Long Island. How come you never wear a tie on air? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked that, Maurice. This was just before we were scheduled to launch on a show called Cold Pizza on ESPN2. It did start on September 6th of 2004 in New York City. Mark Shapiro, who hired me to come and try to help save that show. Mark Shapiro said, you know what? No tie. It's casual. It's morning television. In those days, it started at 7 a.m. Eastern and went until 9 Eastern. Let's stay informal, said the great Mark Shapiro to me. Okay. I was going to add a debate component 
I'd been on lots of different ESPN shows, sports reporters, a show called Prime Monday ahead of Monday Night Football when it used to be on ABC. And in my many, many appearances on ESPN and other MSNBCs and whatever, I always wore a tie because everybody wears a tie on TV. But Mark Shapiro said no tie. And I laughed and said, yeah, well, you know what they say in sports, a tie is like kissing your sister. I don't want to kiss my sister, so I won't wear a tie. And if I'm going to debate on TV, you know me, I'm an insane competitor and I'm going to be competing against Woody Page. I kind of like the idea of no ties because I don't want a tie. I want to win. So here we went, me versus Woody. Guess what? Cold pizza ratings in the toilet started to rise up out of the toilet. We started to rate. The show morphed into First Take, it morphed all the way up to Bristol, Connecticut, out of New York City, and I continued not to wear a tie. And I came to loathe the idea of wearing a tie anywhere. And the show continued to morph around the debate concept, became Embrace Debate, as I moved from Bristol, Connecticut to Los Angeles, California to do Undisputed on FS1. And we decided right away, nah, no ties. Shannon can wear a tie. I'm not gonna wear a tie. Since I have been here in LA at FS1, I can think of two times I actually wore a tie off air. One was my mother's funeral. Did that out of respect to her. Felt pretty awkward about it. Couldn't remember how to tie a tie. Had to get a friend of mine that morning to tie it for me. But I wore it awkwardly. And then our first year here on Undisputed, we took the show to New York City and Shannon and I had to go to an event, had to attend an event on the Thursday night before Friday show. And we were to meet in the lobby and as the elevator door opened, I walk out to see Shannon waiting for me. I'm wearing a tie because it's big. It's, it's almost black tie, but it's not quite, but it's very formal. And I took a tie and Ernestine went with me and she tied it for me. And I got a tie on and I walk out of the elevator doors and Shannon looks up and he says, you're wearing a tie? He didn't have one on. And I said, ah. Oh, Thank God. I said, I'm going to rip this thing off. And I start to rip. He says, no, 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 no. He said, I feel completely out of place without a tie on. I was just doing this for you so you wouldn't feel uncomfortable. And I said, so what? And he says, so I'm going back up to my room to put a tie on. And he did. And we went to the event wearing ties. And thankfully, that was it for me. And I hope I never wear a tie again as long as I live because I know for sure Shannon Sharp will never even come close to tying me on Undisputed. Back to your questions. Back to Marquise from Harlem, New York. With all the Jordans that you own, are you on a rotation with the ones you choose to wear or whatever you're feeling that day. This is my favorite question of this day. Maybe of all the shows that we've done. Marquise, thank you for this. 
I now proudly own 51 pairs of Jordans, if we count the futures, which I occasionally wear on TV on days other than Friday, which is always Black Friday and J-Day. My favorites from the start have always been my 11s, the Concords, the high tops, and the low tops. Maybe it's that Oklahoma City Chiefs thing. Maybe it's Maybe I see some Converse All-Star in them, just a little bit or something, the feeling of the low-cut Concords. I, I don't know. There's something about them. When it's a special occasion and I need to feel special, feel invincible, I go with those 11s. But I do not have a set rotation. The night before Friday, Thursday night, every Thursday night, I just skim my rows of J's, skim my collection, and I think, aha, I haven't worn those in a while. And then, as you know, every Friday, I always post the picture with the caption, I can't lose in these shoes. And I cannot. MJ forever. And one last question from you. This one from Leo from Port Chester, New York. Besides No Mercy, what other music gets you fired up for Cowboys games or for Undisputed? Another great question. Deeply appreciate that question. Leo. Nearly every morning, every weekday morning, it's 4 a.m., I listen to one song over and over and over again on my fairly short drive-in to the Fox lot right off Pico Avenue here in West Los Angeles. That song is California Love because I have love for California. I had the privilege of working here soon after college for three years before I went to Dallas to become a columnist at age 25. And I always said, if I ever get the opportunity to go back to Cali, I'm going back. And after my 16 years in New York slash Bristol, Connecticut at ESPN, I got the opportunity and I seized it. California Love. As you know, it was Tupac's first single after he was released from prison in 1995, his first for Death Row. And I cannot rap, I will not try to rap, but I do know most of the lyrics by heart. I know Dre's open. Now let me welcome everybody to the wild, wild west a state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness. And I'm off to the races with that. And then Tupac. Let me serenade the streets of LA from Oakland to Sacktown, the Bay Area and back down. Cali is where they get their Mac down. It's just, it's, it's just, well, you know what happened. 
Super Bowl halftime happened. And I got real tears in my eyes because it opens with Dre doing California Love. A little help from Snoop. Unfortunately, Tupac is no longer with us. I wish they could have brought him back somehow. But that's my theme song on the way to do Undisputed. That's my pre-show song. But trust me on this. Lil Wayne's No Mercy is simply the greatest show opening song ever recorded. And he wrote it and recorded it in like a half an hour. I've never seen anything like it. And it just stands the test of time. I'm to the point where I couldn't do Undisputed without hearing No Mercy. And if you listen to the lyrics, they're just dead on perfect. He captures the essence of Undisputed in the lyrics of that song. Thank you, my brother. <laughs>